This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton here with the husband, Christopher. Hello. Hello, everybody. Happy Saturday. I feel like a lot has changed since we last recorded. It really has. We I'm have, older. You're older. We have five goats. Five goats. Guys. It, a little bit got out of hand. We started <laughs> one casual day with two baby goats. And I was quite content with that. Somehow, in a matter of 24 hours, Chris informs me that we're going to get two more goats. I'm like, okay, two more goats. Then, within the following 24 hours, that turns into three new goats for a total of five. So, the new goats just arrived, and one of them is so small, and I I feel like malnourished. That she needs to be bottle fed. Well, she needs to get electrolytes via, via bottle once a day. So she can't just like drink electrolytes out of the water. She has to be fed with a bottle. That's to make sure she gets them. I'm just saying, Chris is going away. And now yes, I... super convenient. Yeah, for five days. While I will have our dog, 13 chickens, plus a rooster. Five goats. Five goats. And a father-in-law. And his dog. <laughs> and his dog as well. Yeah, yeah. And like my full-time <laughs> job, you know. What's that? Yeah, you know. So um, things are a little, things are accelerating. But the goats are so darn cute. They are cute. The new goats are dirty. Uh, she cleaned the butt of the one that had the, you know. Yeah, okay. Well, they're still dirty. They'll get better. Their coats will get cleaner as they get, you know, are loved by healthier, us. Healthier, healthier. Because they will be loved by us. Well, these these... Two of the new three were apparently going to be killed. Yes, we saved them from slaughter. Anyway, let's... And the other one was abandoned by its mom. Yeah, so <laughs> we saved them. We're giving something away today. We are giving something away Three today. goats. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, I'm the one that's supposed to make the jokes there. No. That's a good one, though. We are giving away energy plus Fine. to one lucky winner. I mean, it's not the same as three goats, but I'll make you a trade. Chris is going to be gone, so you reach out to me. You can have three goats. I would okay that trade if we could get a miniature donkey or an <laughs> alpaca. <laughs> See, but then you can never travel. Sure I can. No. No. See, the more animals there are, the harder it becomes to travel. No, because our tenant takes care of animals. Well, she's not going to live here forever. This is true, but until then... Anyway, okay, so we're giving away Energy Plus. We will announce the winner at the end of the show. We give something away every single Saturday. No matter where you live in the world, there's three ways to win. You can leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon.com. That's my book if you haven't read it yet. God, why? Like, what are, you, what are you waiting for? Or you can share on Facebook or Instagram an episode that you are listening to and loving. Just make sure to tag me so I see it, and then we pick the winner or you can venmo fifty dollars to chris at i don't (laughs) i don't have venmo he takes (laughs) he takes bribes clearly uh but with any bribe comes a goat because now we have five and i feel like in a week he's gonna be like donkeys by the way are coming no (laughs) miniature donkeys not not full-size donkeys oh my gosh so the other day i said to our primal potential facebook group if you're not in it it's just like big group for the primal potential community people talk about podcast episodes really encouraging positive space with great people but i said hey chris and i are going to be recording an episode what questions do you have and we got a big old variety of questions so that is what we're going to dive into today then at the end of the episode we'll announce the winner but do you want to kick off the first question i will our first questioner asks how do you prioritize uh relationship growth relationship growth so i feel like we kind of have to define what relationship growth means to us in order to answer that and also clarify that this will likely mean different things to different people. So to me, relationship growth means improving in the areas where we want to improve, right? So one thing that I think has become obvious for Chris and I as we add exponentially to the animal population here as well as the uh, house guest population is time together 
like not here, you know, whether that is a dinner date, just the two of us or breakfast like we did this morning. Right. We went out to breakfast this morning. So to me, relationship growth is improving intentionally in the areas where you want to improve. In terms of how to prioritize that, I think it comes first with, are you guys on the same page about what improvement you want to make and what result you would be satisfied with? Because let's say that like quality time together is something that you want to improve on and you want to have, you'd be totally satisfied with one date a week, but your partner's like, no, absolutely not. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, we need to have at least two dates a week and we need to be having sex three times a week. And you have to be on the same page about what winning looks like, what the improvement that you're after looks like. Otherwise, if it's not on the radar, you won't be working on it. And if you're not on the same page about what you want, then even if you are working on it, you're not going to be satisfied with that. I'm a big fan of having things on the calendar So for me, like one of the things that Chris and I do together is we go to the CrossFit gym. And for me, if that's not on my calendar, it is not likely going to happen. It is just my calendar is going to get full and it's going to come to the end of the day and I'm going to be like, crap, it didn't happen today. So how do you handle priorities in your life? For me, if it's a priority, it needs to be on my calendar. Not everybody functions like that, but no what improvement you want to make, know what winning looks like, and then however you handle prioritizing, for me, that's putting it on a calendar, do that. Yeah. Anything you have to add about relationship growth? Um, I, I think leaving it very open like that, open in that kind of question for anybody is allowing yourself to be disappointed. So being yeah. being specific about that growth, like you said, focusing on what it is that you want to improve. Yeah, because like if one person sees relationship growth as intimacy and another person sees relationship growth as like common interests that you have together and you're not talking about the differences in what you in in what you want, then yeah, you're right. You're, you're no matter how much effort you put into it, somebody's gonna be disappointed. Right. And that sucks. Yeah. Next question. I'm ready. This person wants to know what's stopping them. What is stopping me? So the reason that I didn't just wipe this question altogether, because the answer, I mean, if it's we take journaling. it literally, like, I don't, I don't know what's stopping you. I mean, is it a red light? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, did your car not start? Um, but, I, but I kept this in here because... I see this as an opportunity to ask a better question. When we ask better questions, we get better answers. So instead of what is stopping me, what is it that I want to do? And what am I willing to do to move it forward today? I think those two questions are dramatically better than the question of what is stopping me. I really don't think what is stopping you matters much. What matters more is, do I know where I want to go and have I identified what I'm willing to do about it today or what I'm willing to do about it in the next hour? That, that is where the power is. So that's, I just think that's a better question. And so many times when I'm working with clients, that's what we do. Somebody asks a question, I pose a different question, something that helps them think beyond the problem or think beyond the past and instead really engage their energy in the solution or what they want or the change they want to create. Yeah, I was going to say, you uh, you very often talk about not focusing on the problem, but focusing on the solutions themselves. Yeah. One of my mantras for myself is I'm a creative, energetic problem solver, and that helps shift me out of frustration and overwhelm. I think it's a game changer. Yeah, I agree. This next one is uh, how to break the all or nothing mentality, perfectionism mindset. I need more mental balance. For example, I get consumed with work project, then get mentally exhausted at the end of the day, and I'm not present for the family, and I overeat to ground out my feelings. Okay, so there's so many things going on here. There's emotional eating, there's perfectionism mindset, there's all or nothing, there's balance. Let's start with balance. When I feel like I'm out of balance, that happens a lot. I'm spending more time at work than on personal stuff or spending more time in professional improvement than health improvement or whatnot. I like to remind myself that balance is not everything being equal all the time. Balance is really responding appropriately to imbalance. 
All right. I think a lot of us feel overwhelmed by the idea of balance because we misunderstand what balance really is. If we think about somebody on a balance beam, they are balanced when they respond appropriately to imbalance. We would not say that somebody like standing on the floor two feet together is balanced. If you look at somebody walk across a balance beam, if they go a little bit to the left, they're balanced when they respond appropriately to imbalance. So if they start moving a little bit to the left, they have to respond appropriately to the right. That is what balance is. So for me, in terms of how this translates to real life, if I notice, I'll use this week as an example. Monday through Wednesday of this week are bonkers. They are seven in the morning till, gosh, last night was 9.30 at night, work. That is not balanced. But balance is responding appropriately to imbalance. So for example, I have these three days that are totally crazy. Chris is leaving for five days. We went out to breakfast this morning. It's responding appropriately to imbalance, the perception of imbalance. That does not mean that there are equal hours in every day given to my marriage and to my work. That is not going to happen. And it's the same thing if you feel out of balance at work or with parenting. It's responding appropriately to imbalance. So I think that perspective really helps the idea of like, I need more balance. Um, In terms of, you know, I get overwhelmed and I'm not present for my family and I overeat to ground out my feelings. That's what this person said. When somebody tells me I'm overwhelmed and I'm stressed, therefore I eat, that's when I point to why this mindset work is so important. If you have decided that overeating to numb, to escape, to avoid is an appropriate response to stress or overwhelm or imbalance, that is not a food issue. That is a thinking issue. It's just like if you decide that slamming the door and not talking to anybody for three hours is an appropriate response to a misunderstanding or a missed expectation, that is not an anger problem. It is a thinking problem. That's why with all of my clients, the work we do is mindset work. To go back to what Chris said earlier about like the problem versus the solution, if the problem is that you're stressed about work, what is the solution? Something that I've told myself for a very long time is that food is only the solution if hunger is the problem. Food is not the solution if stress is the problem. Food is not the solution if anger is the problem. Food is not the solution if overwhelm is the problem. And that's not a food issue. That's a thinking issue. We have to elevate the way we think. We have to elevate the way we think. The last thing that I'll touch on here is this like perfectionism mindset all or nothing What I believe is that perfect doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. It's a mental construct. It's like a measuring stick that we've created in our imagination. It's unfair. It's not even real because like, what is a perfect marriage? But you know what I mean? It's an invented You you heard it there, folks. There is no such thing. (laughs) Literally, we're staring at each other like... Not even close. Um, and it's going to be different for everybody too. Like, Yeah, but either way, it is an invented standard based on something you think. It is movies not, you used to watch. It's I mean, not an actual destination. Right. It is an invented standard. That helps me a lot. In terms of all or nothing, I heard a quote, and I don't remember where I heard it, but it said that binary is the opposite of creativity. So if you say, I either have time to work out or I don't. That is all or nothing. It's yes or no. It's on or off. It's black or white. It's all or nothing. That's binary. Two choices, right? Binary referring to two. That's the opposite of creativity. It's not either I can go to the gym or I can't work out at all. You could do 20 push-ups in your living room. You could go for a walk around your yard. Take the stairs instead of the elevator. Like there's so many things that you can do. And that goes back to my mantra that I'm a creative energetic problem solver. I don't have to settle for two options because what I do when I just consider two is I omit an entire world of possibilities that live between all and nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of that question, there's like 17 different things in there. So we'll just touch on those few and move on to the next one. The next one. Okay. I've been turned down for so many jobs because I'm overqualified. What the hell does that even mean? 
And that's they're saying that, not you, because that sounded like you were saying that. Right. Yeah. No. I, this is this is how it's presented to me. So I do apologize. No, you don't um, need to apologize. It's just saying that sounded like you were asking that question. They're saying, what the hell does that yes. even mean? Okay. Then continue. silly me relates this to not being good enough or smart enough, not enough talent. I'm so frustrated with it, whatever it is today, that I'm ready to throw my hands up. I see this as falling into other aspects of my life and I'm freaking out. Uh, no, it says I freaking know better. Oh, I freaking out. Oh, someone's trying not to use the F word. Okay. Huh. I freaking know better. Uh, I don't want to win. I don't want this to win, but I also don't know what to do. Okay. I want to start with the overqualified thing, but I'm distracted by the, I'm turning this into not being good enough, smart enough, or enough talent. Okay. That is just something you invented in your mind because they're saying you're overqualified, not underqualified. Right. So if you're translating that into like, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, that's a thinking issue. They're telling you you're overqualified, not underqualified. Right. If you were missing out on every job because you were underqualified, I could see how you would take that to like not smart enough, not good enough, not talented enough. But like, this is where we have to strip away the drama and deal with facts. They told you you were overqualified. That doesn't mean you're not smart enough. That doesn't mean you're not talented enough. Drama is what we add to the facts. If somebody says overqualified, take it as overqualified. Don't take it as not smart enough, not talented enough, not good enough. That is drama. That is draining. That is unnecessary. Now, I was thinking about this because I've been in a hiring position, not only with Primal Potential, but also in my role before Primal Potential, where I, where I led a team of people in product development. If I say that somebody is overqualified, what that likely means is one of two things. I don't want to pay for your skill set. So your, your, your qualifications would really demand higher pay, and this is a lower paying position. Or, and or, could be one or could be both, I think you'd be bored stiff in this job. So if I want somebody to help me write um, social media captions, and you come in and you're like a Pulitzer Prize author... <laughs> I'm either not going to pay for your skill or even if you're like, hey, it's okay. I'm really just looking for something. I'm, up to, I'm totally okay with what you're paying. I'm still not going to give you that job because you're going to be bored out of your mind. And chances are you're going to leave. And that's the problem. Bringing people on board, the hiring process, the training process is extremely expensive for a company. So I'm not... No matter how good somebody is, if I think, you know what, they're going to take this and they're going to look for something else because they're way overqualified, I'm not going to take the risk right. because I don't want to waste my time, my resources, only to be back to the drawing board after investing money and time and effort into somebody else. So you've got a couple of options here. Number one, apply for bigger roles. Apply yeah. for something that you think you're underqualified for. I have done that with every job I've ever applied for. I have not been qualified enough. I, I, like if you're going in and you're repeatedly hearing that you're overqualified, go for bigger positions. Yeah, shoot the moon. Absolutely. The other thing is have that conversation with people. If somebody came to me, and I know this is an exaggerated example, but you know they're an award-winning author and I'm looking for somebody to write social media captions, but they say, listen, I get that I'm overqualified for this job, and I understand that that might give you these particular reservations. Let me tell you why these reservations aren't an issue so that we can take them off the table. Have the conversation. Being frustrated and throwing your hands up and being like, oh, I can't even. Again? Yeah. I mean, that again is not being a creative, energetic problem solver. How can you approach this as a creative, energetic problem solver? But I get the overqualified thing. You either need to apply for bigger roles or you need to have better conversations when you're applying. Yeah, absolutely. Did you that, think that, that about e overqualified? That like, could very much be taken care of, especially if you've heard it multiple times, could be taken care of in the interview process. Absolutely. And you say, you know, I've, 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 I've actually been turned down from a lot of jobs yeah. because I've been overqualified. And Can let me tell you why. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's go on because Is my resume does this. Is that a concern of this. yours? Yeah. Here's why it's not a concern of mine. I understand that you're taking a gamble on me by offering me this position and training me. And here's some guarantees that I want to give you to prove that I want this job and I'm going to stay here. Right. So when you did that, I'd be like, oh, okay. But you're, you're basically leaving it to them to kind of think through on their own. If you've heard this before, then you don't need to be frustrated. You need to have better conversations. Yeah. And you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. You can do it. Yes, you can. Where did that come from? Um, well, it's something that... Um, didn't it come from um, Adam, the gymnast coach? No, 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 no. 
who's the profession the the big famous um women uh, oh, women's gymnastics coach the guy from russia who came to the united states you're not going to be any help with this. Not at all. But I know Rob Schneider says it in almost every Adam Sandler movie. Well, I think that it came from, as soon as we stop recording, his name's going to come to me. I know everybody's screaming at their earphones right now because they know what the name is. But, um, oh, gosh, and he had the ranch in Texas and the Bertoli. That's not what it is. That's Italian. Um, anyway, whatever. You can do it. That's what he said to his gymnast. It was like this famous, famous moment. Thanks for that encouragement, Chris. You're welcome. You can do it. All right. And um, it's uh, Bella Caroli. Caroli. That's what it is. The Caroli Ranch. Anyway, thank yes. you for looking that up. You're welcome. Carrie Strug. Bang. Next question. 1996. Yeah. Um, next question. Uh, can we get more tips on how to keep more interested in understanding rather than debating when someone you love brings up subjects you vehemently? Vehemently? vehemently <laughs> disagree with and still want to engage in a healthy non-defensive way all right so tips for this, understanding rather than debating this this can be hard especially in today's climate of everything can, can be I an tell argument you why i think it's easy though okay she even has the answer here in her question understand like being more interested in understanding rather than debating that's the answer that is the answer you know but it's funny because she's asking how to be interested in that. In this example, she's saying it's somebody you love. They bring up something that you totally disagree with, but you want to engage in a healthy, non-defensive way. I want to understand why you see it that way. And when we talk about things, you and I, I think you can agree with this, like your position on different things that we see in the news or whatnot. I ask a lot of questions. Yes. I really want to understand why you think the way you think. And then sometimes I'll share why I think the way I think, but I, d I don't often do that. I think I really just want to, if you love somebody, you have an opportunity when you disagree to get to know them better. And we were talking about this the other day because, you know, Chris's dad is, is staying with us. Um, it's been a hundred thousand years and he has a very different experience because he spent 30 years plus as a police officer. So undoubtedly, I'm a, I'm a white girl from New Hampshire. Check your privilege. <laughs> I'm a white girl from New Hampshire. Of course, we're going to come at things from a very different yeah. perspective. He has been, you know, he worked, he worked like midnight shift, right? So he had a shift where he was dealing with a lot of people who were drunk, drunk and on drugs and doing nefarious things. And he had situations where he feared for his life. And he, that was like every day at work. I go to work and I put on a headset and I record podcasts. And, and honestly, the worst thing that happens to me is people say nasty, stupid, stupid, awful things. I think there's even a question about that. In the comments. Yay. Yeah. But like for your dad, he had a, he had situations for decades uh, where mean, he was afraid he wasn't going to get home to his kids and his wife. Yeah, or yeah, he has the unfortunate task of going to a car accident where a child, you know, was involved. Or, right, and and there, or, mean, or even a domestic situation where right. kids are involved and things like that. So of course he has a different perspective. If I just don't want to understand that, and I instead want to be like you're just old stodgy like views, and I'm going to prove to you why you're wrong. That's not loving. We have to understand. I mean, we want to say that to him, but. Well, not <laughs> even not all loving. the time, because even with you, right? You enlisted in the military before 9-11 as a 17-year-old. Mm -hmm. And then what, two months later, 9-11 happened? That happened while I was in tech school. Yeah, so it was just a few months, yeah. right? That kind of shifted what our generation thought of the military, because it had been peacetime for a very, very long time. No. Well, in our country, yeah, in our okay. country, yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, there were certainly situations that the military was a part of throughout the world in our lifetime, but that was the, the first time in our lifetime that real, like, acts of war happened here in a major way. And okay. that shifted, that, that, that shifted what our generation, you know, somebody going into the military as a 17-year-old two months before 9-11, the world changed Real quickly. Yeah. After that, they got a lot smaller, actually. Well, I'm sure, and and 
I mean, I know even for your mom, letting her 17-year-old enlist before 9-11 is very, very different than my 17-year-old's in training in another state about to go overseas just well, a couple months later. I was I was 18 when I was in training. I, I, I signed enough, up. Before. Still very young, though. Still very young. But I share that because, of course, Chris is going to see the world differently than than I have. I didn't serve in the Middle East. You did. You grew up in a family where your mom worked for the federal government. Your father was a police officer. I grew up where my mom was a uh, worked for the church and was a teacher, and my dad was a builder. Like we've had very different experiences. I went through college and grad school. In the, in the meantime, you were overseas, right? We have to realize that, of course, we're going to think differently. So much of the tension comes when we have this expectation that everybody's going to see things the way that we do. If you really seek to understand and you're okay, truly okay with the fact that we're not going to be aligned on everything, but what are your absolute non-negotiables? For me, my absolute non-negotiables are like family values and loyalty. If we don't see eye to eye on politics... That's okay with me. You have to know what your non-negotiables are, but I really believe that the world would be a better place if we just tried to understand why people have different perspectives instead of being so damn sure that we're right. And it's really hard, but removing emotion from the conversation can help because when we get emotional about something, we tend to lose... Not think clearly. Yeah, we tend to lose the focus and we're more apt to attack and defend as opposed to Be actually open. hear anything. So um, Jade Tita is a friend of mine from years and years and years ago. He's an author. He's, he's a brilliant guy. Um, and I read a post that he put out this morning that basically said, the best policy in all of what's happening in the world right now is be humble. There's a lot that like, you can't be so sure you're right. Time will tell. Whether we're talking about politics or we're talking about the coronavirus, like there's a lot we don't know. Right. We see one set of information that is presented to us, no matter what media outlet that you listen to. Completely agree. And so many people are just like, sure, they're right. They're sure they're right based on the information they receive. Can we acknowledge that we don't see or know everything? No, it definitely takes time, regardless of the situation. I mean, if yeah. you were to look at be anything. Be humble. You cannot be so sure that you are right. All right, we could go on and on for that. On for and a long on. Time, and but on. Like, let's, let's go to the next question. Yes, but love your family members. Yeah. Um, all right, so our next questioner asks, uh, in starting a business when you don't know how or where to start, what do you do? So I'm actually, uh, if anybody, I'm, tonight I'm doing a presentation that's kind of all about this. So if you're hearing this afterwards, you can email me and uh, get the Oh, replay. like tonight, tonight, not this Saturday. when. Yeah, no, listen. no. Ten, actually, tonight and the night we're recording this um, on, on starting business. I actually don't talk a whole lot about the business side of things because you guys keep me real busy with things like consistency and momentum and mindset and all that. Um, but I was actually just working on my notes for this before I started recording, but um, a couple of things really come to mind when we talk about starting a business when you don't know how or where to start. First, you have to focus on helping people. So who do you want to help and how do you want to help them? I think a lot of people go into business trying to figure out how they're going to make money and I get it, that's part of business, but I'm telling you right now, you're not going to be as successful as you will be if you really focus on who you want to help. And the reality is, if you get so damn good at helping a certain type of person with a certain type of problem, the money is going to take care of itself. People will seek you out for help with that. So genuinely, genuinely begin with, who do I want to help and how do I want to help them? And if you have that ahead of revenue, you will win. The other thing is you could spend the next 20 years learning about starting a business and learning different platforms and learning all of these different aspects of business and not get anywhere with your business. Get into action dramatically more then you spend time learning. I love to learn, but I've had periods of the business where I'm taking in a lot of information 
and I'm not really doing anything with it. And I think people can confuse what's happening in their business when they spend a lot of time learning. It's like you're you're not actually building a business. You're learning about building a business and that's not the same thing. Learning as opposed to doing. Yeah. yeah. So the best knowledge comes from experience. So know first who you want to help and how you want to help them and then start doing it and make sure that you're assessing whether you're kind of keeping a pulse on it day by day or week by week. Make sure that you are spending multiples more time, not just like 10, 20% more time, but like 2x, 3x, 5x more time in action than you are in learning. But yeah. And be specific. Yeah, be specific about who you want to help. You can't just say, like, I want to help women be healthy. No, 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 no. Be specific on who you want to help and how you want to help them. Yeah, Like, what, what kind of healthy? Mentally healthy? Physically healthy? Yeah, and what does that mean? Physically healthy? Are we talking about hormones? Are we talking about strength training? Are we talking about uh, prevention of cancer? Are right. we talking about natural um, cognitive health retention? What, Vagaries like, will kill you. Yeah, absolutely. Will, will kill your business. Yeah. Um, so great. Um, next one, back with businesses, being a businesswoman, um, do you have any smart tips how that dynamic uh, influences our relationship, you know, you being a, a businesswoman? Well, I guess that's a question for you. How does me being a businesswoman influence our relationship? Oh, this is a good one. And this is uh, kind of a long answer. It doesn't. <laughs> um, just as my job or jobs don't really influence her. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I, if I was a car mechanic, like I think the dynamic of our relationship would be the same. I mean, I, I, if you were a car mechanic and I just did something else, I feel like you wear the pants, whereas we both kind of wear shorts. What? Like, I'd be impressed if you were a car mechanic because I would have a whole bunch of old cars and you'd be oh, working on them. Okay. And yeah. I really don't think I could do anything for a job. And I think the dynamic of the relationship, yeah, no. because the dynamic of our relationship is about our personalities. Yeah, it's nothing it's to not do with, about our careers. Yeah. Now, I think my personality lends itself to working for myself. I'm, I'm driven. I'm focused. I'm not a lot of fun. You know, all of those kinds of things. She's fun sometimes. Don't let her fool you. <laughs> Rarely, infrequently fun. But they're nice when the rarities happen. Yeah. Um, so I think my personality lends itself to business. But, you know, so there's like the things that set me up for success are, are certainly parts of my personality. And that's a dynamic in our relationship. But what I do for work really doesn't influence the dynamic of our relationship at all. No, I mean, it, it definitely educates me on a lot of cool things, which is great. But in, I think in, if in, I was a car mechanic, same still, thing. Same, same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we can learn from each other regardless. Yeah, like you're in real estate. We talk real estate a lot. Like, I love real estate. I was in real estate before you were in real estate. Like, it's something that we we talk about and we learn from. But so in terms of the, you know, being a businesswoman, do I have any tips? Ditch the drama. So somebody reached out to me the other day. They had just gotten started in my network marketing team. And they were like, I've been in this for four weeks and I haven't really gotten results. And I was like, let me tell you where I was four <laughs> weeks into Primal Potential. I was like, nowhere. Four weeks? Are you kidding me? That's like, I just had my baby four weeks ago and they're not talking yet. You know, like, it's a baby for crying out loud. Four weeks in business. I, 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 I just started elementary school. I don't have a job. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. They're not considering me for a Nobel Peace Prize yet. This is crazy. <laughs> oh, like, damn the man. Um, yeah. You like you. You got to be in it for the long haul. I've seen a lot of people quit. You know, when I think back to my first ever like business mastermindy kind of group was in 2014, and then I didn't do one for a very long time after that. But if I think of the people who were getting started in business and where they are now. Most of them are not in business for themselves anymore. They could be. They were all smart enough. They were all talented enough. And the reality is like you don't have to be very smart to be in business for yourself no. because all the information is online for free. Yeah. You just have to be dedicated. You just can't quit. And a lot of people have this mentality that they want results right now. And when they don't get them, they move on to the next shiny thing. My number one tip is don't quit. I would also say... Unless you're doing something where you have to like raise hundreds of millions of dollars and you want investors, stay the heck out of debt. It gives you so many more options. You know, when I think about our last 12 weeks to transformation launch that we did, it's not like we're using that money to service debt. 
Right. We don't have any debt. And that gives you so many more options. We're able to create new things. We're able to build new stuff because we don't have debt. Because the money we bring in is our money to use. And that's just, that's major. Yeah. Yeah. We could do an entire podcast on business. Maybe we should. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Next question. Next question. Do branch chain amino acids affect my morning insulin? All right. So let's first talk about for the uninitiated. Did I get that right? You did. Um, What are branch chain amino acids? So amino acids are the building blocks of protein. Just like fatty acids are the building blocks of fat, just like glucose is the building block of carbohydrates. Um, So we're basically talking about like components of protein. and, And a lot of people will buy a branch chain amino acid powder and like put it in their water during their workout or put it in a smoothie or mix it in their coffee in the morning or something like that. Uh, so they're basically asking, does this building block of protein impact insulin? And the answer is, yeah, kind of, but everything does. Okay. Everything does. It's just a matter of degrees. It's just a matter of degrees. So is this going to be a big rock, like something you need to be concerned about? No, but like, why are you looking for something that doesn't affect insulin at all? If that's the case, like, you really can't eat or drink anything, you know? Sometimes people see it in absolutes. Like, this either impacts blood sugar or it doesn't impact blood sugar. It impacts insulin or it doesn't impact insulin. The reality is everything does. It's just a matter of the degree. It's a small degree. This is not something I would worry about. If you want to take branched-chain amino acids in the morning, go for it. I'm personally more of, like, a whole foods person, But if you want to do that for whatever reason, for whatever your goals are, if you want to spend your money that way, go for it. I don't think the impact on insulin is is a meaningful deterrent. Yeah, she really is a Whole Foods person. She'll wait in line at Whole Foods. Yeah, that's true. You don't like the lines. I hate lines. Well, I don't like the lines either, but I want to get my groceries at Whole Foods. Because you get the quality. I understand that. Dude, the apples at any other grocery store are just garbage. Well... Once our apples in our orchard are going, no, I really would like to go apple picking. Our apples, we can do it right up in our orchard. We can't keep them, but you know, yeah, give them to our pets. All right, next question. All right, our next question: How are you two doing, just in general? Let's start there. There's more of the question, and I'll ask you the next part of it because it's about you. How are we doing in general, Chris? Um, every day is another day. Some of them are easier. Some of them are harder. Uh, we've gone through a lot. Yeah, to somebody that's new to the show, in case you hadn't heard this, um, it's been about six months since our daughter Dagny died unexpectedly at 14 days old. She was beautiful and healthy and wonderful and home with us, and we were shocked and devastated. And then 36 hours gone. Yeah, to to lose her. Um, Yeah, it's still really freaking hard. Every day is very hard. I think it's different, you know, for each of us. Um, well, we would definitely cope differently. Yeah. Like I, I have a hard time with, um, like being around happy people because I don't want to bring people down, but I'm also not in like a celebratory place, you right, know? Right. Um, and because anything that we're celebrating, like makes her think, well, what, what would it here. be like if she was here? You know? She should well, be she here. Should be, you know, it's, it's, we had a, uh, family zoom last night for my grandmother's 100th birthday. 100. Yeah. She turned 100 and COVID and all of that stuff. We got everybody together on Zoom. And um, my cousin, she and I were pregnant at the same time. Our due dates were just a couple weeks apart. And seeing her and her husband holding their daughter, who was born just a couple weeks before Dagny was born, and um, specifically like seeing her pull on her dad's beard. And um, it's hard. And going to your brother's wedding a few weeks ago, same thing. Like, that was going to be our first trip with her. Um, and it would have been amazing to have her there. And and I had already thought about, you know, things like what we would have had to pack on that trip to accommodate her and what she would wear to the wedding and family pictures with her. Um, it's it's incredibly hard, and I think it will be for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and the next question is, what kind of thought work do you do? When I first saw this question, I thought it was just what kind of work does Chris do? But no, no, it's thought work. Um, it's not really your jam. 
it's it's really not and i understand the question especially uh, being married to elizabeth right um, i think a lot of people make the assumption that like you're a podcast listening self-help reading affirmation speaking individual and you're, uh, and you're not. i'm not I, yeah. I i do things more for entertainment value yeah. I if I'm going to learn something, it's because it's going to be fun. Not going to not that it, not because it's going to necessarily improve me. Right. Uh, but it'll improve my mood. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm 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 actually glad that comes up because there's a lot of people that feel like their partner not being into self development or personal improvement is like a problem. It's a two lane highway, and we're just we're on the same highway. It's just different lanes. Yeah, and we're also at different points in our journey. Like, you know. Six, seven years ago, I wasn't doing any of this work. Right. You know, so I don't know where Chris will be in five years or, you know, where he was at five years ago. Sleeping um, in the shed with the 12 goats we have. Who knows? Or more. Uh, we, we don't have room for 12 goats. Um, not yet. Ay, ay, ay. But yeah, like it's, um, that's just not something we share in common. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, you know, in regards to improving myself, we, you know, Elizabeth helps me improve myself like you started going to crossfit yeah so i mean it's not necessarily a a thought work thing but there are improvements yeah Yeah. you've made improvements in your real estate business i have yeah all right you want to move on to the next question uh we can definitely do that our next question is oh what you didn't ask who i follow because i feel like they mean like in the thought space you know like do you follow Tony Robbins or blah, 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 I blah, I do blah. like Tony Robbins. I, I You used to listen to some of his stuff. I, I will pull him up on YouTube and, and listen to some of his talks. But he, like in terms of self-development or personal again, development, yeah, that's not, like nobody. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so our next question. Thank you very much for that question, by the way. I appreciate you bringing me into this. Um, <laughs> uh, what are some couples activities you do together? My husband and I used to go out and eat uh, a lot on dates. But I'm on this journey to get healthy and lose weight. And until I get to a more confident place, I don't want to go out to restaurants. I I got to say, before Elizabeth gets in on this one, this is very much that all or nothing yeah. that we had earlier. And as a couple of people... Right, like either you stay home and eat healthy or you go out to eat and eat unhealthy. We always find a way to eat healthy at restaurants we go to. Yeah. Um, I don't feel limited by that, but I can relate to the fear because here's why. If we were to flash forward to another season of my life, eating out was synonymous with indulging and overindulging. Understandable. That was my mentality, but I had to learn that it doesn't have to be that way. And that took time. And I'm glad that I did the practice and did the work. But even now, like it's not, Either I go get the chimichanga topped with cheese and eat three baskets of chips and a margarita and dessert, or I get like a salad with steak, right? right? There's a middle ground there, you know, like for me, if I'm going to have the chips and the salsa, I'm not going to have the chimichanga, but like I'll have the chips and salsa and I'll enjoy that. Um, But it's also not something that we do every day. And there's plenty of times where we go out to eat and it's like super super healthy, like the kind of thing I would eat at home. This morning we went out to breakfast and I absolutely wanted pancakes, but I didn't get pancakes. I got a scramble with veggies and eggs and sausage, Yeah, you know? Um, so I want to encourage you that you for sure can eat well and feel amazing and go out to eat. And at some point, even if it's not now, you will need that practice in terms of like activities that we do together. Going out to eat. We do love to eat. Um, we also go to the gym, go for walks go on the gym canal together. We go. Yeah. There's a very, um, there's very much a balance between like physical activity stuff and food stuff. But then there's other take, things. Taking like, a minute to walk down to the chickens and collect the eggs just yeah, to get away from things. the house. Like we can be in the house just sitting around doing nothing. And I'll say like, or Chris will say, do you want to walk down and see the goats or get the eggs or whatever? And even if it's five minutes, it's, it's five it's minutes. It's something else. And it's five minutes together. Yeah. Um, but we, this isn't something we've done in like COVID world, but like we really enjoy karaoke. Yes. Well, Elizabeth, I don't know if you know, this is a very good singer. So is Chris. And uh, we have a few duets we really like to do. If you're lucky, yeah. maybe someday we'll, we'll serenade you on the podcast. We impress a lot of people with our duets. Yes. We do. 
Yes. Been been widely talked about. It has. If you you, you don't know, <laughs> know, right? You haven't heard. Shoot. <laughs> all right. Next question. Uh, all right. Next question. Just I mean, also love your husband and help you know help him love you. Um, <laughs> spay new to your pets. No, that's at the end. Um, next question is: How do you handle not so nice opinions or comments on social media? Being that you have such a large following, that's a great question because people suck. People are so mean. Okay. And some of them just do it. Because they're miserable. Yeah, I guess there's like two things here. Number one, I always respond with respect and kindness. Period. Full stop. Non-negotiable. And people have said some vile, vile, vile things. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's But she kills them with kindness. Well, here's the way I think about it. Stabs them right in the eye with it. Here's the way I think about it. If you come back at them with the same vitriol, like you're on the it same level. It justifies them too. Yeah, it gives exactly. them a justification internally. Exactly. And like. See, I, I mean, knew it. I knew it. She was terrible. Yeah. And oh, uh. And like, how can you be mad at somebody for being nasty if your response is to be nasty? Right. You know, I just don't think that's fair. Um, and I also think about it in terms of like, if this response was posted for the world to see, would I be proud of it? And I always want to be proud of it. So this, this happened just a few nights ago now. Yeah. Um. Susie, who's our COO, reached out to me and was like, somebody said something that is so, so, so bad, like so bad. And she told me, you know, she's like, do you just want to block and delete? And I said, what I want to say back to them is that while we don't expect that everybody is going to love us or everybody is going to want to work with us, we do hold the standard that we will treat everybody with respect and that we have a standard that everyone will treat us with respect. So until you are willing to share any feedback that you have in a way that is respectful, please don't feel the need to reach out again. So you don't have to like us. You don't have to agree to us. You don't have to want to work with us. But it, 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 is cap- it is possible you are capable of communicating this respectfully and you haven't done so. Um, we will always continue to treat you with respect, but please don't reach out to us if you can't communicate what you're thinking or feeling without respect. Um, With that said, it also really sucks and it really hurts and it really gets under my skin. And what I wanted to say to this person is, do you realize that these things you're saying to a human being who does a lot of what she does for free, you are criticizing a woman who just lost her child and has been deep in the most pain and grief for the last six months that you probably can't even imagine. Do you realize that you could have expressed your criticism or not expressed it at all, but you could have done it in a way that was with some human decency and you decided not to? I mean, it hurts and it stays with me and it lingers, but I also think that that's why I'm so devoted to helping people with mindset work because honestly, I know that I could share these comments that I get with you guys and you would be horrified, but I also know that you guys say things to other people that are unkind or you gossip behind people's back and you say things that are unkind. And so it's one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about doing thought work because while it's easy to condemn somebody being outright malicious to a stranger on the internet, a lot of you guys and myself included have moments of like being unkind to somebody you love and that's where it starts, right? So... I hate it. It hurts. I respond with kindness. And then I recommit to helping people be better communicators and be more open-minded and be more kind and decent to themselves and to other people. And hopefully I'm just like doing my little part in the world to not let that crap keep going on. And yeah, that's, that's something I've really learned from Elizabeth because I'm the type of person that I will burn you down. Yeah. Yeah. When you've heard some of these things, you're like, tell me what their name is. Tell me what their email address is. And I'm like, no, you've looked people up. I online. have, I have found some of them, but I have never, I've always been nice to them. And you've never brought up what they've said never, to me. ever mentioned Elizabeth. No, and I, now I, I, I just, always like to do some research. Now I just don't even tell them who it is um, just to be on the safe side. But a- yeah, it's actually, uh, oddly enough, I think I'm still friends with one on Facebook <laughs> and he doesn't know. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's really unfortunate. And I just hope that we can all be nicer when we disagree with people, be more respectful when we don't like what somebody is saying or doing because any disagreement that you have, any any values that are not synchronous can be communicated with kindness. True. Yeah. Facts. Final question. Okay. 
Where do you start when you want to work on a goal and commit to something, uh, but you don't really have one? You're like, you're feeling goalless. So I would start with a really simple creative question that is, if I could wave a magic wand and change one thing in my life, what would I want to be different? And, you know, some people will start with something like kind of to let themselves off the hook. Like Billion win dollars. The lottery. I'd have all yeah. the money. So then it's like, okay, but what's at the root of that? Do you want to feel more financially free? Is that what you would do? Okay, are you locked in on that? Like if you could change anything, is that the thing? And then if you're like, well, no, maybe, um, you know, I'd, I'd want to be healthier. Okay, well, what does that mean? Start asking questions. One of the reasons that people feel like they lack direction is because when they feel stuck, that's where they stop. And what I try to do with all my clients is let's keep going. Let's go a little deeper. What else is there? And I think that makes a really big difference. Asking questions, asking specific questions, mm -hmm. being yeah. specific with there? the questions. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And a journal. Yeah, journaling really helps with that too. Um, we have a winner. We do have a winner. And she is getting Energy Plus, a box at 30. If, if it's a she, you don't know. Anyway, who, are, who are you to... Well, at the end of it, it says Emily. But how are you going to assume someone's gender? All right, I'm not. Jeepers, girl, check your privilege. <laughs> All right, so our winner today is at Mayna Emily. That's at M-A-Y-N-A-H-E-M-I-L-Y. If that is you, email Christopher at primalpotential.com. Tell him you were the winner for episode 819. You've got 60 days to claim your prize. Make sure to include your mailing address when you email, and we will ship out that Energy Plus. Unless that's a last name, and it's Hemily. Hemily with an H. Hemily. Really... Maybe it is. Those, those are hard ones to... All right, let's, let's, let's put, put a wager here. What are the chances that we will have more animals the next time we record? No chance. Uh, no chance. I, I don't... I mean, alive animals? Oh, my God. They better all still be alive. Are you kidding me? I'm going me? hunting. Oh, right. But pets. Pets. Oh, gosh. No. No pets. No, no pets before no our next recording next week. All right. Good. You guys heard it here. If he comes home with a llama, we're giving it away alpaca. to one of you. It'll be an alpaca. No alpacas. All right, everybody. Have an amazing have day. Have a great one. I love spending the time with all of you. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.